and welcome to Love Your Library, Hampshire Library's podcast. I'm Hattie Dulac, here with my co-host Craig Saunders. Hi Craig. Hi Hattie, good to see you again. Have you been reading anything interesting recently? Well, I'm currently making my way through a long list of autobiographies that I've got on my to-read pile, the latest of which is comedian Catherine Ryan's book, The Audacity. It's brutally honest and very, very funny which is perfect light reading for when you need a bit of a pick-me-up. How about you? That is very funny. I'm reading an autobiography too. It's Michael J. Fox's book, No Time Like the Future. It's actually his third that he's done, and it's a brilliant retailing of his later career, how Parkinson's, which he famously started the Michael J. Fox Foundation to assist in creating a cure for the disease, and how it affects his life, how it's affected his work, and the struggles it goes through on a daily basis with the disease. So it's really, really interesting focusing on everything from his work to the personal side of things so great read and really interesting. I love that in an autobiography where you kind of get hooked in by the subject matter that you're interested in because for our listeners you're a bit of a super fan of the Back to the Future series aren't you? I am. But then it actually gives you that personal story from someone's life and and you get to learn about the person behind the acting career or or whatever. The, The book is excruciatingly funny at points even though he's talking about something that's really personal and really quite a sad thing for him to go through but he he looks at things and writes with such a brilliance and a humorous take on it that it's it's really funny while also being really sad and, and brutal as well. Thanks to our supporter BorrowBox, the free library app that allows you to download ebooks and audiobooks straight to your phone or tablet. All you'll need to use it is your library membership number and PIN. So, moving on to our guest for this episode, Emma Braithwaite is the Head of Skills and Engagement at The Reading Agency. And if you don't know about The Reading Agency, you should do, because it's an organisation that works really closely with our libraries to deliver programmes that support reading in communities across the country, but in communities across Hampshire. In fact, they organise one of the biggest events of the year that we're right in the middle of, and that is the Summer Reading Challenge. But it's not just children's reading challenges that the reading agency are involved with. They run loads of programmes to encourage reading for pleasure and build confidence in older readers, everyone from teens to adults. So we spoke to Emma about her role and all the projects that she's been a part of, as well as the significance of libraries in her personal life. She was a delight to chat with and gave us a real insight into the excellent work the reading agency does to support reading in communities across the country and also within Hampshire. You can find links to all the programmes and resources that we mentioned during the interview in our episode show notes, as well as info about signing up to this year's Summer Reading Challenge, as you've still got time to join. And without further ado, here's us talking to Emma from the Reading Agency. Hi, Emma. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, it was a pleasure. So if you could give us an overview of the Reading Agency, what it does and what its aims and visions are. The Reading Agency is a national charity and we believe in the proven power of reading to help people tackle sort of big challenges that come up in life. So whether that's looking after our well-being, tackling things like loneliness and isolation, or whether it's improving our skills and, and learning, we believe that reading can help with all of those things. And most of our programmes we run are founded on a core partnership with public libraries. So most of our programmes run in public libraries across the country. 
we also work with lots of other different partners, so schools, colleges, prisons, workplaces, all kinds of different partners, but public libraries are a core partner. And we provide support and programmes for all ages, so children, young people and adults. And we work in every community in the UK. So you can find a programme for you wherever you are in the country. That sounds amazing. And obviously, as a library service, we are very aligned with the same values of supporting that kind of isolation and loneliness and everything else. But what what about you? What is your background and how did you get involved in the organisation? For many years, I was in children's education publishing, so working on maths and science resources. I think I did that for 12, 13 years, but I'd followed the reading agency for quite a long time and admired the work that they did. And then an opportunity came up to join the reading agency, particularly working on the on the Summer Reading Challenge, which is one, one of our biggest programmes. And that seemed like too good an opportunity to, to turn down. So I went for that role. And so I joined the reading agency in 2017. How did you find the jump from just focusing on maths and science books to basically every book that there is ever? Yeah, it was it was a, definitely a learning curve, and I hadn't had sort of much interaction with libraries before, so there was loads to learn there of, of how libraries work and, and deliver the programs. But it was brilliant, and, and working on something like the Summer Reading Challenge was so creative and really exciting thing to work on. So it was brilliant. I I really enjoyed the switch. Are you an avid reader? What kind of books do you like to read? Have you got any specific authors that you're really into at the moment? Yeah, I do love to read. I always have. I was a voracious reader as a kid and I maintained that. I like every sort of genre, really. There's nothing in particular that I I favour. I mean, recently, uh, the latest book for adults I've read is Young Mungo by Douglas Stewart, which I, I really, really loved. I thought that was really powerful. But because a lot of my work encompasses programmes for children and young people, I try and read as many children's books uh, as I possibly can, which I really love. So I've read some really, really lovely ones recently. I just finished While the Storm Rages by Phil Earle, which I'd really recommend. That was brilliant. And I also just read The The Crossing by Manjeet Man, which is for slightly older children. But I really enjoy reading books for, for kids and uh, kind of YA stuff. So I, I spend a lot of my time reading that sort of things as well. I think for the listeners, but also for me, how does that kind of shape and inform the work that you do then? Are you there reading this stuff to get a better understanding of what you can deliver for something like the Summer Reading Challenge? Or is it something else? I mean, I mean it's really, I think it's really interesting to see what, what children are, are, are reading, what, what they're interested in, the sorts of topics. You know, we do, particularly with Summer Reading Challenge, we do a lot of research with children and young people, usually via our library partners, when we're exploring new themes, when we're looking for new illustrators for, for the Reading Challenge. So it's really nice to see what's out there, kind of all the new new books coming out. And they're just really nice. They're just really fun to read most of the time. But yeah, it's nice to sort of keep abreast of what's what's kind of new and current and all the kind of new new authors out there. I'd be really interested to know, actually, if you look through all the years and years of children's writing, what kind of themes end up emerging year on year? Because I imagine it changes all the time. Yeah, absolutely. It's something we've we've sort of seen recently. You know, the last few challenges. You know, we've looked at science and we've we've looked at environment, and yeah, definitely seen sort of uh, an increase in children really wanting to learn about the world around them, and how they can take action, make a difference to their community. And yeah, I've definitely sort of seen a bit of an increase in that kind of thing. So, and we we try and reflect that in some of our programs. 
I think anyone that works with young children or has young children in their family, my goddaughter, for example, can tell me way more information about how to be sustainable and even things like environmentally friendly, like fair trade food, all of these real issues that are becoming more prominent in terms of the world around us and certainly sustainability in that area. Young people are way more informed than I ever was as a child. And as a result, I'm often being taught by my children about all of that kind of stuff. As you said, we've we're concentrated on the summer reading challenge, which is happening in our libraries at the moment, the gadgeteers theming. Can you just tell us a little bit more about that in terms of how did you come up with a theme and it's introduced us to a whole host of characters who are the gadgeteers. So just tell us a little bit more about that process and um, and why you settled on the theme of gadgeteers, because I found it really interesting when we got the sneak preview of exactly what it was going to be this year. Tie in with science, the characters that were created. Just talk to us a little bit more about that. So we, we often work on our themes two to three years in advance and we look at what children are sort of interested in. It, it was really interesting coming off the back of the nature and environment challenge last year that we did, Wild World Heroes. We saw how popular that was and how engaged children were with the world around them and how they could be activists, you know, sort of improve their environment. And so we thought actually, you know, there's something there that I think is really resonating with children. So we thought actually this sort of idea of science and innovation is, is a really interesting one. And we were lucky enough to be able to collaborate with the Science Museum group who worked with us really closely to develop the theme and the characters and the little storyline that kind of goes along with it. And that, yeah, they were great partners to work with. And I think science and reading are both really creative things. They might not always be considered to be, but they are both really creative acts. You know, it requires a lot of creativity, curiosity. And yeah, I I think often things that children already have loads of. So we thought they were a really good combination. And yeah, as I said, we work with our library partners for quite an extended period of time to gather feedback from library staff, but also from children and families on what science and innovation might mean to them and how they would like to, to sort of see that develop, what kind of characters they might see, because we, we sometimes have groups of child characters, sometimes we have, you know, animals, sometimes we have, you know, aliens, we have all kinds of different things. So what sort of characters might they like to see? And then we get children and families to help us choose an illustrator. And this year we had the brilliant Julian Beresford who created those lovely characters. And they're quite sort of manga style, I think, which is obviously hugely popular with young people at the moment. Everyone everyone loves manga and graphic novels. So we're sort of feeding into that a little bit as well. And I think generally, you know, the Science Museum group in particular, we're, we're keen to show that science isn't just about geniuses in lab coats. It can be for everybody and that science is all around us, you know, in kind of music and fashion and food. You know, science is everywhere. So that's how we came up with that. I have to say, it's a really engaging theme. It's exactly the kind of thing that, you know, I think we can have a lot of fun with. We can be really creative within our libraries, you know, running events that are doing crazy experiments or playing with music, playing with food. They're all really great things to get involved with and and super exciting for little ones. And it's always one of our key considerations, actually, is, you know, thinking about libraries and how will they activate a particular theme? Is it going to be really easy for them to think of crafts and activities and events and local partners they can work with, whether that's science centres or local parks or, you know, whatever it might be? That's always something we think about quite carefully. And we have a steering group for the, for the Summer Reading Challenge, which is filled with library professionals as well as other sort of experts. So we take their advice on, on a lot of things as well. So yeah, it's always key for us is how will libraries bring it to life in the summer? I mean, they always do an amazing job. It's been lovely to see what they've been up to this year so far. 
I remember with um, Space Chase, which was 2019, I think, <laughs> we went on a mad dash to Hampshire wardrobe and rented an astronaut suit for people to climb into. In terms of the reading agency, then let's look at the Summer Reading Challenge. What are the main successes and challenges that you count? Yeah, challenges, you know, every, every year we're, we're looking for a new theme and we want it to be fresh and exciting. You know, children often take part year after year. So we always want something a bit new that's going to engage them uh, and also something that's going to really interest our library partners and get them excited about what they can do at a local level. So we spend a lot of time talking to libraries, talking to children and, and families about what they want to see, how we develop those themes, the characters, the look of the challenge. But it's a, it's a lovely job as well. We always want to get that right, make sure it's as engaging as possible for, for children. But I think the, the main challenge generally with, with all of our programmes is, you know, how do we reach more people? And that's that's always what we're striving for. So Marine Challenge is one of our biggest programmes. So in an average year, we've got over 700,000 children taking part across the country. But every year we think, how can we make that bigger? How can we reach more children? And especially those children who maybe aren't that engaged with reading, aren't very confident with reading, perhaps don't yet access their library. You know, how can we reach those children and we have been piloting some work over the last two years with a selection of library authorities. Hampshire is, is taking part this year and looking at different ways to deliver the Summer Reading Challenge, you know, working across the local authority with, with different partners, with schools, other areas of the council to, to bring the challenge to, to more families. And I think that's our biggest challenge going forward is how we can expand everything we do and, and reach more people. Yeah, it's certainly something that we are involved in at a very local level. You know, we want as many children in Hampshire to be taking part as possible. And all our library teams are so enthusiastic about it. They do so well at really drumming up that engagement. The people who work in schools who deliver assemblies and things like that to really encourage children to join it. They, they do amazing work and it, it does pay off, but it is a challenge every year. We, we like to We like to think that we do pretty well, though. I suppose that kind of brings us on to we've just gone through two years of massive upheaval and disruption. And, and I think particularly 2020 was a year that things like the Summer Reading Challenge were quite hard to deliver because it relies so much on that interaction with your, your library branches and go, going out to different places and trying to drum up interest. What kind of challenges did the reading agency face through the pandemic with the Summer Reading Challenge, maybe with some of the other services that they offer? Yeah, as you say, a really, really challenging time, same as same as for, for all our organisations. And like you say, so many of our programmes are run in person in that public library space. Those spaces had to close during that time. There was a lot of work behind the scenes to think, you know, how can we continue with some of these programmes? You know, we took some time to invest in our digital offer. So for, for some Marine Challenge, but also for some of our adult programmes, Reading Ahead being one of the main ones. So looking at how we could deliver some things digitally to kind of continue to support libraries, continue to support the end user and, and, and those readers through that really difficult time. Also looking at, you know, how we could work with community partners, gifting materials, just trying to get things into the hands of those those families while while everything was so closed off really and, and, and sort of restricted. So it, it was it was really tricky. I think it just, yeah, made, made us kind of take stock of what we were doing. You know, there were certain positives, you know, there, there were some things about digital development we'd wanted to do for 
for a long time. Uh, and so it made us sort of take a look at some of those things. And now that all the in-person stuff is, is back or coming back, I think those digital things can complement what's happening, you know, on the ground in libraries. And yeah, we, you know, we had some really positive things during that time as well. We we had our Read, Talk, Share campaign, which was the, the DCMS funded campaign, which kind of supported libraries to combat loneliness and promote well-being. And that was a, a rollout of two of our very popular existing programs of Reading Well and Reading Friends. So that was a big a kind of awareness campaign, lots of book gifting, resource gifting to sort of hundreds of library services across the country. So, yeah, there, there were some some positive things as well. But yeah, it was, it was really challenging. And I think in 2021, it was so lovely to start seeing those in-person things start to come back, you know, so some of those summer reading challenge activities. And then this year, yeah, even more exciting. You could see, see it flourishing again. Well, I think we're noticing that there are some users that we actually gained during, you know, members of the library service that weren't accessing their library pre-pandemic, but actually really rediscovered their love of reading. And and I think it can be such a powerful tool to get you through a difficult time. And I think a, a lot of those people are still engaged with the service now. So that's a really nice thing to see. And, and libraries were just so incredible during that period of flexing and, and, and sort of adapting themselves to support their local communities. They were just amazing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, moving on in terms of the significance and importance of libraries within our local communities, obviously just come out of a pandemic, which proved a unique challenge, I think, to a lot of businesses, a lot of organisations. And then kind of looking ahead, you know, uh, in terms of the cost of living crisis and and some challenges that we're going to have coming up. Talk to us a little bit about the importance of libraries within that local community and any things that you're working on in terms of moving forward and and the challenges that we're going to have coming up. I think libraries are are incredibly important and and it's why they're our our main delivery partner. You know, we think they are absolutely the focus of a community. They're these amazing safe spaces that anyone can access, no matter what their background, everything's free. They can access information, internet, free events. There's so much creative stuff going on. So it's it's hugely important. And, you you know, you mentioned the kind of increasing cost of living, you know, having those free programmes you can access. I mean, Summer Reading Challenge, uh, as an example, you know, I mean, the summer holidays can be wildly expensive for families anyway, but particularly so now. And having something fun and free you can, you can go along to every week at the, at the library is, is a really important thing. You know, it just means that every child can access that. It, so it doesn't matter what your family income is or you know what, what your background is. Anyone can access those fun events and fun resources. And I think that's hugely important to us. Yeah, it's it's such a nice way of putting it and such a nice way of looking at it, really, that I think the fact that there is probably something for everyone at the library, it also means the library is for everyone, no matter who you are, where you're from. So it's a really nice kind of community space. And, and you're right, a great leveller in a way, I think, you know, to, to keep everyone kind of part of their community in, in the same space. It's, it's nice. So in terms of supporting the reading agency and your vision, your aims, your objectives, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about how they can support that and uh, ways that they can engage on an individual level, perhaps with the organisation? Taking part in our programmes, that's the, the, the best way they can support the reading agency. And we've got so much going on. You know, we've obviously talked a lot about the, the Summer Reading Challenge, but we have loads of programmes for, for adults. You know, we've got Reading Well, which I'm sure lots of library users will be familiar with Reading Well. We have these amazing curated book lists for adults and, and children and young people that can support them with, with their health and well-being. We've got Quick Reads, which are amazing short 
books by uh, well-known authors that you can get at your library, which is a great way if you either are not that confident with your reading or if you're just short on time and just want a really great little short story, you know, you can pick up a quick read. We have World Book Night in April. So that's always a brilliant thing to get involved with. And if you go to our website, we've got loads of resources for book groups. So there's something for everyone. We've got things for absolute book lovers who absolutely love reading through to people who are not that confident with their reading yet and maybe want to get, get a bit better at that and improve their confidence. So we've got something for everyone. Sounds amazing. We'll pop a link to a load of those resources in our show notes so that our listeners can go and take a look and explore for themselves. What kind of upcoming campaigns and events are, are going to be happening post the Summer Reading Challenge? I think that one of the next big things for us uh, will be National Reading Groups Day. So that's on the, the 14th of September. So that's a good one to kind of mark in the diary. Obviously, a big celebration of book clubs and reading groups. And the reading agency always produces lots of lovely book lists and resources and competitions and things for that. So do have a look at our website and follow us on social media because we'll be releasing information about that as, as we get towards September. And then the other big thing for us, we've got a new Reading Well list coming out on World Mental Health Day on the 10th of October. So we've got Reading Well for Teens coming out. So that's a book list to support young people aged around about 13 to 18. And it's books specially selected by health professionals, but co-produced with teenagers. And so there'll be books giving them information and support about a whole range of topics, but giving them the support they need to kind of, yeah, better support their mental health and well-being. So we're really excited about that that new list coming out. So that'll be in October. So yeah, those are, those are two kind of exciting things coming up for us. We generally have the winter reading challenge, which is over kind of December, January period. Can you give us a little preview of that? Any sneak peeks? <laughs> it's top secret at the moment. <laughs> it's top secret at the moment, I'm afraid. But yes, we will be we'll be having the winter winter mini challenge again. That usually starts on the first of December, and we, we've sort of extended it in the last couple of years because people were sort of enjoying it so much. We extended it into into February uh, in, towards the half term holiday. But yeah, it's a, a great way to sort of re-engage those those children who have enjoyed the challenge over the summer and kind of get them kind of get them engaged again but uh, yeah we'll be letting libraries go more information soon well you can't blame me for asking and trying well, to get exactly it. exactly it's always good to ask isn't it <laughs> please do follow us on all the various social media channels have a look at our website to keep up to date with our work and yeah just get visiting your library really uh, and taking part in our, our program mm-hmm.